Welcome back to another episode of the Unframe of Mind show, where we're having uncomfortable conversations without a condom. I'm your host, Daniel Wagner. Co-host, Anthony Trawick. All right. And today we've got a special guest by the name of Enrique Tario. After the events and the fallout of the Portland protests last weekend, we got a chance to speak with the organizer of the event and current chairman of the Proud Boys. Today, we'll take a deep dive into the man behind the deluge of mainstream media fake news articles and dig for the truth that the elites don't want you to know. You're listening to the Unframe of Mind Show, the place to have the most mind-stretching, unprotected intellectual intercourse of your life. Your hosts battle the forces of evil by lobbing fiery balls of truth, reason, and evidence over safe room walls. And welcome back to the Unframe of Mind Show. Today is going to be an interesting, interesting conversation, I believe. I want to welcome Enrique to the show and forgive me for being completely incapable of pronouncing your last name, Tario, correctly, because I can't roll my R's to save my fucking life. I can't roll my R's to save my life either, dude. You can't even say your own name properly? <laughs> no, no, I can't. I can't. Oh, what I, the I don't, fuck is wrong with us, man? Come on. I do not feel so bad. So but I actually say it in English, too. Like when somebody asks me, I don't, I don't say it in Spanish. I say Tario. Tario. Exactly like you do. Right. Mm-hmm. So cool, cool. So just to be clear, I view it as my job today to expose you as the racist and white supremacist and bigot. You clearly are. No bias. Are you ready? That's that's why I came on your show. I wanted Sweet. you guys to expose me for the racist bigot that I am. <laughs> well, good. At least we're on the same page. We're, I was kind of hoping we'd start with a battle right offhand, but, you know, we can wait. We're patient. We're patient. <laughs> we All got right. some time. All right. So let's 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 go ahead and hop on into this. Um, If, if you would mind, you know, just to uh, give the audience who doesn't who's not familiar with you or your work, just kind of give a brief overview of who you are, what you do. And, and, and then we'll jump off from there. Well, obviously, my name is Enrique Tarrio. Um, I am the current chairman of the Proud Boys and uh, I am a descendant of Cuban immigrants. Uh, specifically, my grandfather is the one that came to this country first, brought my father at a very young age and my mom has the same story. 35 years old, a small business owner. We'll get into that later. I'm not a small business owner anymore. <laughs> because of the left, but small business owner, high school dropout, got a GED from an unaccredited high school that was one of those fly-by-night places, so I had to go get my GED again, so I'm a two-time GED uh, recipient. <laughs> two-time GED <laughs> recipient. Doubling up on it, aren't you, huh? <laughs> yeah. Fucking overachiever. And, um, three-time divorcee. You know, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth, as some of these uh, news outlets like to say, but I got a very colorful, if, if I can say that word, I don't know how racist that word is. I got a very <laughs> colorful past. I've, I've been through all walks of life since I've been a farmer. I've owned a gas station. I've uh, been broke, been homeless for a small amount of time in my life, very short amount of time, but I've been through the ringer. And I think the the word that I'm looking for is I'm happy that I went through all of that because I am the person I am today because of all those experiences. Right on. That's that's a quite a story there. It seems it seems like you've had a few hurdles to to make you who you are today. And I mean, it's good that you can actually look at what you've been through and look back on it as what it is. It's just it's just building blocks to create the person that we see here today. I'm still trying to figure out what it was in all of that that made you convert to some kind of a white nationalist. So we'll, we'll keep digging. We'll find it eventually. We'll find it eventually. Well, I've been a white nationalist for a long time. 
<laughs> There's your soundbite. There's your soundbite, CNN. Take it Somebody's and run, gonna, CNN. Somebody's going to grab that and be like, oh, look, there he is. Hey, we can we can go ahead and cut we off the him. live stream now. We've got him. That's yeah. it. That's all we're... We've tr- man, that was, you made that really easy. Like, it wasn't... Man, I thought you were a smart dude. You seemed like a smart dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, I just want to know, man. Like, uh, as far as your family, do you have a big family, uh, small family? How has that uh, been for you since you guys had left from Cuba? Is most of your family here? Are they still over there? What's up with that? I'd say it's a 50-50 split. Um, we got a really big family, though. Really, really big family. There's only two channels on Cuban television. So with the reason why I tell you that is um, my grandfather's sister has 17 kids. Oh, wow. And uh, I have another aunt that has about 24 kids. But as big as my family is, we're extremely tight-knit, like very, very tight-knit. Here locally, my family locally in Miami, because I have family in like um, Texas. My family locally, they're all business owners. So we kind of like that's like our vibe, like when we have like our lunches and our dinners and stuff like that. Like it's never talk about like personal stuff. We always talk about business and how businesses ran, how businesses are operated, your day-to-day stuff. So we're very oriented in the direction of, of just being business owners and just enjoying that lifestyle because we, um, I, I think I could speak for my whole family when I say like this country is a country that is based on liberty and freedom and like your ability to do set your own path. We think that the best way to accomplish that is hold the keys to your own future. So we like signing the front of the checks, not the back of the checks. You you know, we don't like having a master per se. Right on. Right on. So just whether it's a boss or whatever. Right. So just out of curiosity, what does your family as as a whole think of you being the chairman of the Proud Boys? What's what's their been their opinions about that? In the beginning it was like they didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. Um they know that I've been political for a very, very long time. And they're very supportive. They're very supportive. My family's very um conservative and right wing. I was raised as a conservative. So it's not like I'm a person that you know, was liberal and then swapped over uh, because of this election, which I know was a huge part of uh, why the president won. But I was raised to be a conservative and I was raised to know that the dangers of socialism and communism very early on in my life. So give us a little bit of background of your life in Cuba and just kind of what that was like and just kind of give the audience an idea of where you came from. Actually, my background in Cuba is practically zero because I was born here. Right. But I traveled, I've, tra- I've traveled to Cuba a lot. I used to travel to Cuba like three times a year to go see family over there. My grandfather came just shortly after the Castro revolution. My dad was born in the American 70s, partying and drinking and the disco and, <laughs> you know, the Smokey and the Bandit. Right, Star Wars. yeah. He was, he was very uh, in tune with American culture. And my mom was too. So like that was ingrained in me. And then like on my travels to Cuba, you know, like <laughs> it's a, it's a stark difference. Like as soon as I, as soon as I get back, I want to kiss the asphalt as soon as I get back to, to the States. So it makes you really uh, kind of have appreciation for living here, obviously. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, yeah. um, I tell your viewers, like any chance that you get, go ahead and like travel to like one of these third world countries to like enjoy like 
you know, they have nice tourist attractions per se that you can go, but just like venture off into the city. And that'll give you like a real world view of how fucking good we have it here. Absolutely. It's, it's just amazing that you guys, where are you guys located? Yeah, we're, we're in the Nashville, Tennessee area, um, middle Tennessee. And yeah, I, th- I think for a lot of people, it's like you don't get to see the you don't get the perspective of seeing how other people live to yeah. really, truly appreciate what it is you have. I mean, you, you, you see it all the time with like, you know, uh, you, you think about like trust fund kids that grow up and they're, they've got, you know, lots of money all their whole life. Their parents pay for everything. So they kind of have this twisted perspective about how money works. And it's like once you step outside of that, then you kind of start to see, you know, Oh, okay. So this is what money really is, you know. So I think that's the same thing what you're talking about. Like when you go outside the country and you see yeah. third world countries and understand what the term even means, you know, or or the politically correct term, the developing world. You know, that's it's like th- these guys don't have it as great as you know as you think. <laughs> and it's it's not all you know. It, it kind of makes you understand why illegal immigrants are constantly trying to come into the country by any means necessary. You know, you, you kind of see what's going on, and then when you have stuff set up in terms of like the welfare state drawing them here like a big magnet it's like i i don't blame them i do the same thing i'd be be coming rushing for the border too you know absolutely Um, but what i was saying with that is is really like you guys are in nashville tennessee i'm in miami and we're having a communication through skype this is broadcasted to the world and like over there our luxury is like rotary dial telephone Ooh. (laughs) i think just a couple of people now are getting cell phones in the reception so scarce that you have to like walk to a place to get Wi-Fi and make like a call through like WhatsApp or something like that. Those are small things. Like obviously I'm I'm talking about that, but like there's a struggle for food, there's bread lines. There's no there's no problem. Look, here's a positive about Cuba. There's no problem with obesity. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like That's... like there's not there's there's That's no people that are overweight. Yeah. You know? And they could be like, oh, well, look, we don't have a problem with obesity here in Cuba. I'm like, hey, you're damn fucking right. There's no fucking food. So when you mentioned you made a comment about being poor briefly in your time, was that as a kid or where about in your life was that? My mother and father, I was very independent after like the age of like 17. So I had to like bump my head a couple times to figure out how life works right so uh obviously i didn't start off on a good foot foot you know so i uh hung around with the wrong crowd i had a job but i wasn't making enough to like just get by or like get my own place or anything so it was really rough throughout those times but i've always i've always kept a smile on no matter what like no matter what happens i've always kept that smile on and because of that because you know i kind of got thrown they, they didn't throw me out of the house or anything like i decided i was like yeah i'm independent i don't i don't need nothing and i went out i was like oh shit i kind of <laughs> i either need need them or i need to figure it out on my own so it took right. me a little while to do that and i, I got in some trouble when i was a kid because we did i didn't have money and i hung around with the wrong crowd mm. and got in trouble for it you know and those are the things that teach you I'm, I'm not a big fan of like polished politicians or lawyers for that matter not not to say that there's some lawyers that are good politicians like i'm a big fan of ted cruz we don't have enough like carpenters or plumbers or tradesmen that are in Congress that are representing the people. 
it's always full of like lawyers and stuff like that. Talking about how you came to an age and wanted to get out of the house and just just felt like you could go out and do it on your own. I, I did a very similar thing, man. Just sit there and when as soon as I turned eighteen, man, I was I was out. I was living with other people just just to prove to my parents that. I can do this. Like that's all I heard from them for the last, at least the last three or four years of my life. Well, life's gonna bite you in the ass, and you're not gonna know what to do. And I'm, uh -huh. of course, I'm like, oh yeah, watch me. Guess what? I haven't moved back home yet. <laughs> so yeah. I think we're okay. Yeah. So you were a success. That's right. I was a that's success right. Story too. Sweet, sweet. You know, you, you got to go through that. You got to go through those hardships, dude. You I'm, have to. Go I'm kind of. I'm kind of interested. Earlier, you mentioned something about going through three divorces. Now, um, would you care to talk about that? <laughs> I mean, no, I don't want to talk about. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I just because yeah, I'm curious. I'm you know, uh, at some so, point, you're the common denominator, aren't you? <laughs> I am the common denominator. Like, I'm not even gonna like. I'm not even gonna put any blame to any of my three ex-wives because obviously I was doing something wrong. But I've always been a person that travels a lot. Person that's sometimes I can't be available emotionally sometimes. So I think that's like the biggest factor to those divorces is that. I think I became too independent at that point. And, you know, it's a flaw. Like, I, I'm laughing at it now, but it's a flaw that I uh, that I see. You know, and it's something that I'm working on right now. It's a day-to-day -day struggle. Yeah, something about <laughs> finding a balance. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you have any kids from your previous marriages at all? No, I, I don't have any kids. Okay. Do you, would you like to have kids at some point? Yeah, actually, like very soon, like tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. All right, ladies. It's great to get like a fucking phone call. You know, like, hey, uh, remember that time that you were here in like California about six years ago? Well, I got to tell you something. <laughs> I want to get a surprise like that one day. But no, yes, I would like to have kids and uh, and very soon. Sounds sounds like a good money making opportunity. Maybe I'll talk my wife into just calling him up and saying, "Hey, guess what?" <laughs> and then we'll, we know some, somebody that that needs yeah, something real quick. We'll, we'll somehow get him to pay child support for one of my kids. Yeah, I got good luck. I got that, dude. I, dude, I got four kids, man. It's 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 constant constant battle right here. Yeah, you can let you borrow one. <laughs> Shit, I'll let you have one or two. You know, this should be called instead of unframe of mind. It should be called the super dick the super dick show. Super like, dick show. Super dick show. <laughs> yeah, you just got to blow on it and it gets pregnant. <laughs> there you go. I, th I thought well, the super dick show is a good title, good fitting title considering the three of us are on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my three divorces are interesting. I always joke around. I'm like, I'm looking for my fourth wife or whatever. Right. And then I see somebody walk by. I'm like, damn, that should be my fourth wife. Yeah, I've, I've heard of a fourth wife before. And I, I am kind of curious. I, I heard you mention, I think it was you on a video mentioned something, a fourth degree or somebody mentioned a fourth degree. Yeah, it was a it was I, a leak, leaked video. Yeah, do me a favor and shed some light on that because I, yeah. I know what I know what first, second, and third is as far as Proud Boys are concerned. That yeah, is basically go ahead and repeat our credo uh, on camera. Second degree is more of like a frat boy thing. They use it against us. They're like, "Oh, look, it's a violent jump in." It's not violent. Yeah, yeah. I heard. I heard, actually heard. Uh, she goes soft on it, but we don't leave you bloody or anything. Yeah, I heard. Of, I heard a progressive news commentator talking about how in order to get to the Proud Boys, you have to beat up a liberal. <laughs> like, wait a minute. No, that's not even close. I tell you what, if that was the case, man, I'd, I'd be a part of every second degree possible. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's name five breakfast cereals where five guys just like kind of like just pound on you. Um, yeah. yeah, silly. It's just silly. Yeah, it's, it's stupid. Um, I enjoyed getting mine. So, you know. 
So then your third degree I is you your... Half, I think you had a half chub when that was going on, if I remember right. <laughs> yeah. I ended up with six guys beating the shit out of me. I was receiving elbows in the process. Get up the camera. It's the only tattoo that I have. It's my Proud Boy tattoo. That's your third degree. Right. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lift that pant See leg, there? boy. There you so, go. So there's your third degree. You got you to get a tattoo right? of the Proud Boys. So now, fourth degree. Okay, so the fourth degree is probably like the most controversial degree, and for no reason, it's because the media gives it a, a, a crazy spin, where you got to get in a fight to be a fourth degree. No, um, you just need a fourth degree, wife. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, now that you say that, now when I say what a fourth degree is, you understand that probably yes, that is there that you go. Fourth degree. So a fourth degree has always, has and always has been what's called a hardship, right? Right. So a hardship while you're a proud boy. So a hardship would be, I'll give you an example. So how I got my fourth degree, because I'm a fourth degree. Hurricane Harvey came in and we had like three guys from, from my chapter, which is a Vice City chapter, Miami. While the hurricane was still passing through Texas, we sat here. I called, I called my buddy, Alex, and I'm like, hey, why don't we go over there and like we kind of help out? So we picked up a truck. One of my, another buddy of ours uh, lent us a, an aluminum boat with a motor. You know, really, really fucking small boat, small craft, which is what you need for these situations. And we got in the truck and we left to, to Texas while this thing was still on the ground. And and I don't know if you know what the effects of Hurricane Harvey and why they were so devastating. This this hurricane passed through so slow. Yeah, it went back into the Gulf and then came back in and hit it twice. Yeah, I did a I did a lot of help during that as well. So I I know exactly what you're talking about and seen firsthand a lot of the devastation that went on there. But yeah, go ahead. So we went out there First day, we started doing water rescues with the Coast Guard. We got hooked up with the Coast Guard. We got hooked up with um, the Cajun Navy. And for five days, we were we were out there. Like, I didn't fucking shower for four days. Oh, that's, slept, that's what that we, smell was. I was kind of wondering about that. That shit was coming all the way to Tennessee, dude. Fucking <laughs> technology, huh? <laughs> so we slept on, like, the asphalt floor of, like, Walmart for, like, four days. And all we did was water rescues and first aid. So we uh, we did 256 direct water rescues um, nice. between the three groups of proud boys that were there in um, Texas. That would that's a hardship. So that would earn you a fourth degree. So other people would say like a hardship is like you go to a rally and like somebody throws a glass bottle of urine at you or in another case where I would have gotten my second fourth degree, which isn't a thing. You don't count fourth degrees. But if I didn't go to Harvey, I would have gotten a fourth degree. When I went to Portland, we we, we had like this march marching right behind us. And we had this lineup. It's that epic picture from June 30th where it's like a whole lineup of patriots. Mm-hmm. And they yep. uh, had people marching behind us. And we had like this horde of like 200, 300 Antifa in front of us. And they lobbed an explosive device an improvised, I, I like mentioning, uh, I like saying it like this because it doesn't sound as like dramatic as an IED, which essentially what it, is what it was. Yep. But it was a modified firework. They put like little pieces of aluminum and things like that. So they threw that over and it landed next to my leg. And when that blew up, I had pieces of shrapnel in my leg and my arm. 
Dude, that's some bullshit. That's considered a fucking fourth degree. I mean, that's a hard right. shit. Right. Yeah. So. I say now. Now, obviously, that hasn't been reported in the mainstream media like at all. I'm, I've not. I'm not. I was barely aware of that until I started researching you and figuring out what you know, kind of what your story is a little bit. And I had to dig for that. Here, let me show you my my leg again. So these are the pants that I was wearing over there, and right there is where that piece of shrapnel came through, and there was this was this was lit on fire. So it's it's not that big, but all you need is is just a little smaller than that, and you could kind of tell how big that piece of aluminum was that was strapped onto that thing. Right on. Now, at what um, when did you get introduced to the Proud Boys? I was working with Milo on like events and stuff like that, and I'd I, I'd go around, go to his events and things like that. And then he had this he had this part, event here in Miami, and uh, I had already kind of knew about the Proud Boys, but not a lot. You know, and somebody came up to me and asked me, hey, do you want to join this group? And kind of said no. I was like, no, I'm good. Then like two or three days later, we had like this gala for this candidate that was running for Congress. And we both met there again, you know, for some reason. So I went outside to smoke a cigarette. He went outside with me and um, we started talking a little bit more. And I knew who Gavin was, but, you know, from like clips on YouTube. You know, right, I didn't right, really right. watch it show or anything like that. And um, I'm like, okay, let's give this a whirl. You know, I wasn't a big fan of being in groups. I've been in groups before and in politics, like regular, like political groups don't last very long because of politics. Right. But um, I decided to give it a shot. And he's like, oh, yeah, we're the I'm the president of the Miami chapter or whatever. I was excited because I did my research and I saw all these crappy articles and I'm like, oh, this has to be good. You know, like the news, I know how the news works. I know how the media works. I was like, all right, let's join this. And he's like, all right, the first meet's like next Wednesday, dude. You got to come out here with the brothers and, and all of that. He sounded like Hulk Hogan when he was uh, <laughs> when he was pitching this to me. So here comes like, it was like Wednesday or something. And we're about two hours from this meeting. And I'm excited to meet all these guys. Right. So he calls me. He's like, hey, uh, the place we we're supposed to meet at, we're going to cancel that because it's a little far for our guys. I'm like, oh, you could, you guys can have it in my backyard. So I fucking go outside. I fucking speed clean my backyard. Um, <laughs> I know how that is. <laughs> fucking company's coming. We got to go. <laughs> yeah, before you guys went live, I had to clean all this shit up. Yeah, I had to call you at 10 o'clock this morning. Yeah. Well, which was, yeah. Hey, hey check this out. <laughs> Skype has an auto background blur feature that you can use where you wouldn't even have to worry about that. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's new. <laughs> I think you're bullshitting me. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I had a, I had a seven, I had a 17 year old teenager, an anarchist, came on my show, and his his way of cleaning up his room was to click that feature. <laughs> Jesus. Instantly, Christ. instantly, his room looked amazing. <laughs> Hard to so, see. Technology advice from a child, you know. I, yeah. I think I need that. I think I need that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but. So here comes a time when all these guys are supposed to show up my, at my house and fucking two dudes show up <laughs> with a six, with a six pack. I'm like, all right, when's the other guys getting here? He's like, it's just us. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, shit. You know, I'm like, there's only three of us in this chapter. He's like, yeah. He's like, so before I joined, you were the president and is he the vice president? He's like, no, 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 I haven't. I haven't figured that out yet. I don't know who's going to be my vice president. I'm like, well, it's going to be a tough decision between two guys. <laughs> you got a 50-50 chance at a man. I'm telling you. Story of yeah. my life. Tough decision so, between two guys. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> so th- 
what really pulled me in is one of our main tenants is uh, glorify the entrepreneur. And as I, as I said before, I'm big on like small business owners. And I believe people should strive to have something that they can call their own. So that kind of brought me in and appealed to me. We started out three guys. And now our chapter has three subchapters with like a grand total of about 150 members. And this trip to Portland, I have about... 40 emails that I have to go through for vetting. Yep. So this Portland event was a huge boost in our numbers. Like it probably like on our smaller chapters, it's probably doubled their numbers. Right. That makes sense. That's kind of how I found out about it was just through other people hearing about the smaller chapter. And I started doing some research and found out about it. I heard some event happened, which usually the mainstream media, I kind of had a feeling they were lying about the stuff. And it's like, once I heard about it, it's like, mm, let's, let's look into this a little deeper. And then I discovered the, the local Nashville chapter, which is, which actually a little bit farther away from me than I'd like it to be. But you actually introduced me to the proud boys. We were sitting out back enjoying a couple of beers and having a barbecue mm -hmm. and he brought it to my attention. He thought I'd be a great fit in addition to the group and they saying i know it you know it's a year later you know i'm a second degree and uh plan on getting my third here soon so I, I love the camaraderie with the guys you know and just being able to do stuff within the community and things like that and, and of course i kind of get a little irritated when you when you read the news and, and you hear all the bullshit that the mainstream media is kind of feeding everybody and this is one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on the show was to give everybody a chance to kind of you know get to know you as an individual so can you kind of maybe explain to people who are not familiar with the Proud Boys what exactly they are as a group, as a whole? Okay, so I'm going to give you the simple answer, and then I'm going to give you the long, the long form of the answer. But okay. the simple answer is basically we're a drinking club with a patriot problem, right? So the drinking club really comes first, uh, and I'll tell you why now. And then like the patriot stuff, like the political portion of us is a very small portion of the Proud Boys. It's actually probably the smallest contingent of Proud Boys that there is across the country. I'd like to look at it in these three terms. There's drink, fight, and fuck, right? I think that those are the three main contingent of Proud Boys. Isn't right? that isn't that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if I remember right? I think that is. Probably. Yeah. Let's go so, with it. <laughs> Hashtag fake with. news. <laughs> All right. So drink, fight, fuck is actually uh, a, the best representation of the Proud Boys because it goes past, present, future. So you got drink, which is the past. This is the largest contingent of Proud Boys. So drink is people that want to just go out, have a beer once a month with the guys, get out of their normal daily lives and just hang out, talk crap, and just kick it and probably get, like, wasted and hammered. Yep, yep. You know? Yep. Sounds about that right. Is, that is the contingent of Proud Boys that doesn't come out. And the media doesn't talk about, you know, the next contingent of Proud Boys is what the media talks about, which is fight, right? So right. typically people will be like, oh, fight. That means that you got to fight. No, I think that's, and that represents the present, right? Like you're, oh, I'm sorry. Why it represents uh, the past, why drinking represents the past. Cause it's a, it's a celebration of the West, right? Celebration of what our ancestors built, how great this country really is, how awesome it is to live here. So you got to celebrate it. Yeah, you know, that's absolutely. a fun portion of Proud Boys. Yep. 
So the fight portion is the present. It represents today's fight. In, in like to maintain the West, you have to fight for it. You can't just sit on your fucking couch. Yep. And those are the guys that fight doesn't mean physically fight. Fight means like, I hate using activism as a word. I, j- I just feel like it's SJW because some of us go to a rally which sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. Some of us are members of Congress. Mm. Some of us are governors. Some of us are carpenters. Some of us are mailmen. Some of us are police officers. Manufacturing. Um, manufacturing. Yeah. People that put up podcasts. This right here, this is fight. You know, you're 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 going ahead and you're you're promoting our views as Proud Boys on your podcast. That's Dude, fight. I, you know, to be honest, I, I never actually pictured it like that and 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 looked at it that way but i guess you're kind of right i mean we we actually are providing we're not actually in the front lines fighting but we're providing a platform and and providing a a way for people to get the information they need just educating the general public but i I never viewed it as as fighting which it kind of is if you if if, Mm -hmm. you know once you put it that way yeah, it is. It definitely is. And it doesn't have to be like it doesn't have to be like this tough political fight. It's just like your everyday hustle to maintain what we had for we maintain what those guys behind us are celebrating for, for those those drink guys. And we do it in different ways. Uh, I'd like to think that our organization isn't a very pointed organization where we have an objective. Gavin didn't establish that in the beginning. I think that's really good because it's a multifaceted organization that can do many things. Just like when you zoom out and you look at the bigger picture, you got prod boys, you got boomers, you know, you got activists. Everybody has their own role in this culture war. So the fight aspect of it means that. It means maintaining this, whether it's through podcasts, whether it's going through rallies, whether it's getting elected to office, whether it's like little things holding up a sign in the street corner. That's fight. Right. So now with that fight, there's obviously been some pushback from the mainstream media, from social media and things of that nature. How has that affected your life? What platforms are you currently banned from? And just how difficult has that made your life, depending on how many that you have been um, banned from? Because I just want people to understand how difficult this has been for you to try to get your message out there and not having a specific you know, platform be able to do so. So how, does that, how has that affected you at all? First off, I think you said the word difficult, and I, I, I can't tell you that it's been difficult for me Okay. Like, on a personal level. Right. I've been through tougher shit than fucking having me being banned off social media. That doesn't mean it's not a, pro- a huge problem. The second thing I'm going to tell you is, do you have enough time on this podcast in order for me to tell you all the platforms that I've been banned off? Dude, let's do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I will go on and on. But and people, on. Okay, that, that, that's I'm just kidding, it. That's but... why we don't have a time frame with you, because we want you to have a chance to really, really discuss the things that I feel like you probably want to discuss and for people to be able to understand what's really going on behind the scenes. So if it takes you know two hours three hours to do this dude. five hours well i don't know about all that <laughs> i gotta work tonight man <laughs> now, see, see, here, here's, i was here's... just kidding about how, how long it'll take me to to do it but um, yeah, just to uh, give a few examples so it started out with um social media right so it started out with the big three right facebook instagram twitter accounts that i've had for ages yeah. that includes my business pages so it starts out with those, and they demonize, they call you a dangerous individual. And Facebook also says that it's okay to, to promote violence against dangerous individuals, which I'm cool with. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, that's, their, that's their thing, I guess. 
But then it started going into like PayPal. And PayPal was probably like the catalyst for the more scarier ones, right? Because you get, and not everybody needs PayPal, but it's it's a convenient tool to have, especially if you're you're selling stuff or you're uh, sending owner. money to somebody or selling products. When that got dropped, then everything else started tumble, tumbling behind it. I've gone through 21 different credit card processors, including a credit card processor that I had for about five years for my other businesses. One of my businesses depended on that credit card processor. Uh, it was a business uh, doing GPS tracking for fleet vehicles. And I had government contracts. I had private contracts, public school contracts. And because I got knocked off of that credit card processor, I, I was making a quarter million dollars a year just sitting on my couch. Basically, I could have sat on my couch for the next like five years and made a quarter million dollars. And because I got dropped off my first credit card processor, I lost that business. But I've been knocked off of like weird shit too. So I've been knocked off of like Uber. <laughs> Uber Uber hates you? Yeah. Airbnb, which is weird as fuck. I've never used it. It was linked to my Facebook profile. Yeah. And I never I would use it just to browse through through like houses for like vacations. And I got an email from them. They're like, Oh, you got knocked off for like hate speech. And I'm like, Can can you even type anywhere in Airbnb? So I got knocked off of that. I got knocked off of uh, Coinbase, which is a crypto uh, crypto wallet. It's like a crypto wallet for like dummies or whatever. Coinbase Commerce, which was for my website. Wix, which is that <laughs> website builder. Yeah, website builder. GoDaddy. Yes, and that, that, that's a problem because I'm, I'm hearing about these different organizations kicking people off. GoDaddy is one of them, and we're actually registered through GoDaddy. Yeah. So that's something that I have constantly in the back of my mind. Also, we're we're you know using web service through Squarespace, and I would venture to say there's a big possibility that they'll they'll shut me down. Coco Scope, we had over what Coco close Scope was not specific to us. That was well, it wasn't specific was to us, but yeah, yeah, that was site wide, but. You know, Coinbase, for example, when you when you mentioned Coinbase, uh, I've heard about a number of people getting kicked off of that platform. And I'm like, this is supposed to be like a great intro to cryptocurrency for most people. And I've got I've got, you know, an account there and I'm sitting there going, man, I'm I need to go ahead and go ahead and just I'm, I've already got it written in my notebook here, right here. Get everything off Coinbase because I'm not going to sit there and keep dealing with people that are going to do that. I think it's important to have backups for this kind of stuff. And have you have you been able to find sufficient backups or different uh, alternative routes to go? I mean, I don't want you, you know, necessarily say who you're going through, so, you know, to risk. It's completely okay. What I'm thankful for is for the campaigns against me that have banned me off all these credit card processing, hosting services, and stuff like that. Because every time they do it, like when I lost my business, that's it. I'm like. This is full time for me. I'm in here for the long run. Every time that they've knocked me off, I learn a little bit more, a little bit more. I never thought ever in my life that I'd be a t-shirt salesman. No, um, <laughs> I guess that's but, <laughs> but I became a t-shirt salesman because they forced me into it and they wanted to force me out of it. But I've dug my heels in so, so much where we've bought our own server. We've bought our own backup servers. We have our own ISP. They've knocked me off credit card processors. So we're like, okay, well, we need to solve that. We've became credit card processors wow. in the process. We've built an alternative to PayPal right now. We've built my website, 1776.shop. Isn't just a, a place to sell t-shirts now. It is a place that competes with Eventbrite. You can, if you have an event, you could, we could sell ticketed events for whatever you're hosting. 
And then as of tomorrow, the last step in, in my 1776 shop, dot, dot shop is we'll be able to fund causes, right? So if you have a cause that you want to fund, we have a GoFundMe competitor, right? The awesome part about all of this, it's all hosted inside self-sufficient where it doesn't matter how much they attack us anymore. We're just going to keep pumping these numbers and we're just going to continue to sell merchandise, sell event tickets and fund everything that we couldn't fund before. To go back to that first point that you guys said yeah. was, is it difficult? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, difficult in like the, amount of, the amount of workload, but it's not difficult because I'm happier. I, I also just told you that I lost a quarter of a million dollar business, a quarter, quarter of a million dollar, dollar a year business mm-hmm. to this. I've never been happier in my life, straight up. I've never been happier with what I'm doing. And I'm not making a lot of money. What's different that makes you happier now than before? Like, what, what is it? Like, can you pinpoint that for me exactly? Oh, that's simple. It's purpose. Purpose, right. Like, I have purpose now. Before, it was like, my purpose was like, generate more revenue so I could have more stuff. Kind of felt um, empty. A lot of cool stuff, though. You should see my garage. But now I just feel like I'm doing it with a purpose. You're actually solving problems and helping other people with these solutions is, is the point, I think. And it's, it's um, service, to, service to your fellow man. And I think yeah. that's part of what draws a lot of people into the Proud Boys, too, is that kind of same feeling of serving a purpose, you know, beyond, beyond just the drinking contingent that, that we're, we talked about before. Out of curiosity, does any of these businesses that you're working with, does any of it have to do with blockchain technology or cryptocurrency? Or are, you, are you trying to do something along those lines to help decentralize so it's not vulnerable to a centralized attack? In the coming weeks, we'll be accepting all sorts of crypto on our website. You know, I'm not too versed in the crypto universe. That's why I started using Coinbase Commerce. I'll help you, homie. I'm your guy. I'm your guy. I see that (laughs) as being the future of currency. Absolutely. I do see it as the future of currency. Like all these people that are saying, no, 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 you know, it's too volatile. It's going to be a problem. (laughs) This is just a gimmick. Those are the same people that we're talking about the horseless carriage. Yeah, I'm, you I'm know, your dude, man. You just we'll talk later. I'll, I'll 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 help you with whatever questions you got, man. I I pay attention to this stuff like a lot. I, I wear Anthony out with telling him all about these different crypto projects. And <laughs> I used to have a segment before. It was the crypto innovation of the week, you know, because there were so many different ICOs coming out. For those that don't know, that's an initial coin offering. Basically, it's like company going public in a way. But they were putting out so many different ones and different innovative ideas that I was like, let's do a segment about it. But most people on the show didn't really care much about it. So I stopped doing that for a while. <laughs> but- it's a very niche market. I mean, hopefully in the next like five, 10 years, it's not a niche market where everybody's using it. That's what I'm hoping right. Um, right. at least. But again, I got to catch myself up on these things. I had a buddy of mine in 2010. He had like this giant mining warehouse, right? That I put security cameras on his place to secure it. This will will be a quick story. And then here we go, like 2017 comes along and he gives me a call. He's like, hey, I need you to put cameras in my new office. This guy owns like a whole floor on one of these Miami high rises right now. He's uh, the owner of uh, BitStop, the Bitcoin, uh, the crypto ATM thing and uh, overnight millionaire. And he was telling me about crypto in 2010. I was like, hey, you're an idiot. Get out of here. All right. Give me a second here to go to the comment section. Seems like we've got somebody that's interested. Samantha Kutner says, is there a contingent of the quote unquote fight element of the group that may benefit from veteran services, perhaps more than ideology? 
Um, Samantha Kuttner is a person that does this hate map for the Proud Boys. So every time that there's like this incident with the Proud Boys where we just show up somewhere, she goes ahead and checks it off on her hate map. And I appreciate her. Great promoter of the Proud Boys, even though it's completely different ideologies. But I didn't understand her question. I just wanted yeah, to tell I, you. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure. Um, let, me, let me go to the next one. So she says there have been over 113 known Proud Boy incidents that have occurred, the majority of which involve violence. This makes me believe that the fight contingent is larger than you may be stating. Should the members who join this group for the camaraderie and brotherhood have any responsibility to account for the more violent factions of the group? Her incident reports... Oh, here, I'll give you I'll give you an example of one of her incident reports, and then I'll answer the question. Yeah, we yeah, had yeah. Um, and she could confirm this if you she's got a link gonna, or something. She's, she's just going to she's just going to spin it another way. We had a, uh, a brother of ours that was in Canada. Yeah, he was at a bar and he went into the bathroom and he gets hit in the back of the head with like a blunt object. I don't know if it was a bat or yeah, what about was. this. Yeah, they went ahead and they broke the back of his head, fucking head. So he comes out and he tells the the bartender and bartender basically was the one that called these people in and told him to go fuck off and kick them out of the bar. So she has that listed as one of her incident reports on Proud Boys. Again, it's her work. So my opinion is that 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 specific incident is garbage and shouldn't be on her incident map or at least should be truthful about it. So the fight portion of the Proud Boys, we have, if she has a hunt, let, let, uh, let's give her the benefit of the doubt, right? Let's say all those incidents are like violent Proud Boys incidents that went ahead and attacked first. All right. So we have just, just in this country alone, and I think that number is, is, has gone up since the last time, because I've been quoting this number for about like four or five months. We have about 10,000 Proud Boys within the country, within the 50 states, and we have about 17,000 Proud Boys across the world. So wow. 138 incidents, you could you could say like Proud Boys have a, a meet every month for the past three years. 138 incidents. That's significant, uh, significantly irrelevant. <laughs> Statistically, Statistically insignificant. Yeah, but, but not uh, to say that there shouldn't be, we should have zero incidents of like violence. Right, yeah, yeah, but obviously. All those instances that we go, uh, her, her, she'll dispute it and she'll be like, oh, but you guys want to go provoke it. If the mere presence of Proud Boys, uh, perfect example is Portland. If yeah. the mere presence of Proud Boys makes people be violent, right? Right. So they knew, again, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Let's say we went over there to be... Um, antagonize or maybe promote Let's it. say we went over there to antagonize, right? right? Mm -hmm. The left knows that we're over there to antagonize and they still show up. So they know what we're trying to do and they feed into it anyways. And they go over there and they burn their city down. While you're chatting, I tracked down this map and I got it brought up here and just showing the little pinpoints all over the map and whatnot. I'm I'm trying to trying to learn this particular program, figure out where she's got it listed, you know, as far as what the in individual incidences are. You know, hell, you know, if people want to check it out, there you go. We're not trying to hide anything here. Oh, so if you take a look at Florida and you go to uh, Orlando, Florida, which is in like central Florida. That's my hometown. On, <laughs> yeah, there's an incident on her map where I went ahead and you could probably pull up this picture. Yeah, Orlando. But there's an incident on her map that I went to the Women's March and I dress in this giant inflatable dick costume. <laughs> And, and that's what uh, counts as an incident. That's that's an incident. All right. And so yeah, incident that she, was, there we she go. had a gun, she'd shoot me. January twentieth, twenty nineteen. Is that correct? Yes, it was. That All was right. Yeah, yeah. I found it. I found it. Uh, incident. Proud Boys tried to crash the women's march in Orlando. 
Florida. And that's we're... another thing. That's wrong, Samantha. We didn't try. We crashed it. <laughs> <laughs> Get your facts straight. Hashtag Samantha spreading fake news. Yeah. Jesus. Okay, so yeah, individuals Enrique Tardio leader. Sorry, her sources are tweets. Sorry, that's that. I'm sorry, Twitter account does not count. No, that is sources. not factual. No, <laughs> God no. Like that's a good jumping off point, Samantha. But I'm sorry, that's not how we do sources for material. Let's Fake let's try harder. Let's try harder. Say that again, Enrique. Fake news. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so I, I hope that answered your question sufficiently, Samantha. I'll be, I'll be glad to take any other questions. But let's get back into what we were talking about before. I'm, I'm just curious. When we're talking about constantly being censored off of social media channels and whatnot, it seems like it's it's coming to a head of some sort that we're starting to get a little more attention from Congress and a little more attention from the president in terms of addressing this issue. I've seen a little bit here and there, but nothing major. Like, what, what have you what have you seen is in terms of you know any kind of move in the right direction toward a, a, a real equality of you know people being able to voice their opinions online and through these social media channels. In general, I think we're seeing like more people wake up to this, more people wake up to the fact that Antifa is a domestic terrorist group, and more people wake up to conservatives being banned by big tech, not right. just social media, just banned by big tech and, and the banks. Because one of the things that I didn't tell you is that I got uh, debanked by uh, Chase. We have more information than just what Project Veritas released that we should be releasing soon about them closing my bank account because of my political views. But... Uh, that's not here nor there, but we're starting to see people wake up to these facts. And I think right now, as far as the uh, fight, the activism portion of Proud Boys, I think we've done an excellent job to kind of propel that. I'm not going to say that we're the only ones doing this. You know, you got big advocates like Laura, Milo, Gavin, you know, like there's, uh, this goes back to me saying like, there's multiple facets in this. We can't do this alone. Proud Boys can't do this alone. But we have so many people fighting this fight that now we're seeing like bills in Congress being proposed, the president having a social media bias like conference at the White House. We're seeing Ted Cruz go ahead and bring up legislation that would label Antifa a domestic terrorist group. Right. Listen, I hate that they use the word Antifa. It's such a fucking cool name, right? Anti-fascist. Because you can't, for one, uh, it's, it's a bad media spin when you're like, oh, these guys are fighting against anti-fascists, so they must be fascist, right? And it's such a cool name. Right, because some of your listeners will probably cringe when I say this, but, but like Proud Boys are Antifa, right? We are anti-fascist. We are anti-authoritarian. We have this preconceived notion that left and right, where right, far right is like Nazis, and far left is like communism, like Mao, Stalin, Karl Marx, things like that. My scale is a little bit different for left and right. My scale would be all the way to the left would be authoritarian governments, which would include Hitler, Mao, Stalin, like all those big authoritarian figures throughout history. All the way to the right, we have anarchy, right? Complete and total anarchy, like tribalism and stuff like that. Dude, I think we're on the same page. Yeah. And then you have the center, which is democracy, right? And I think democracy is oppressive. Democracy is well, oppressive. Well, yeah, a, a pure democracy for sure. As far a pure as democracy is oppressive. And then we just a little bit to the right of that, we have what we have today is, is our republic. Yeah, the just, rule of law stops like that oppression and stops all that bullshit. So the real, the real scale of where the Proud Boys lie is probably in that in that republic which is like a little bit leaning to the left and right that's why it's important that that fight portion of proud boys is, is always there 
it's always there. It's always active. It's always. It almost seems seems like a better. I mean, fight, yeah, but uh, as far as I, I wonder, if defend would be a better. Or it would be yes, of course. I, I mean, we say sometimes we say things for like shock value. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why we use the word Western chauvinism instead of just being like defenders of the West or whatever. I thought we were male chauvinists. I thought we were male chauvinists. Yeah, I saw saw a CNN interview in which they clearly pointed out that you were a male chauvinist. So you can't back out of that now. (laughs) CNN said it. So it's true. It's coming from CNN. We've got to believe it, man. They're not biased at all. I believe them. So what do you you have to say? She knew the fucking answer to her own, like the question she posed to me. She's like, you know, people call you male show, and I instantly said, nope. Oh, we've nope, seen the video. Nope. And I didn't get to say it. I was going to I was going to say it. I was going to say, no, it's Western. Before I got the chance to say that, she's like, oh, Western chauvinist. So she oh, already man. had that answer prepared. Check this out. I, yep. I was, I've been kind of watching the uh, comment section a little bit. Randy Ireland from YouTube says, why, you know, speaking to this Samantha lady, she says, why don't you go visit a Proud Boy hangout and meet the people you're so eager to disgrace and disparage? I promise you they will invite you in with open arms open wide so uh, let's let's uh let's uh let's i'll tell you what let's have samantha go and record herself going to visit a proud boy meetup and we'll put it live on our channel if, if you want to i'm i'm perfectly happy with having you on and and talking about your side of things you know that, that that's that's what we need to do we need to have a conversation because enrique as you were saying a minute ago and and let's see if you agree with this is i don't think the antifa groups and the proud board groups are so ideologically different i think that they're just got a different opinion of what the other side represents or believes you know because both of them claim to be more of an anarchist or anti-authoritarian group like you were saying before and it's like if you all can just talk to each other you know just have the conversation without the yelling and the screaming and the and the constant gaslighting from the media i think that both of you would see the real enemy here is not each other the real enemy is power the elites the government the the people the very people you both are in a, should be in alliance against yeah so proud boys usually don't go protest stuff right like the first the first event that we've ever had that's like a proud boy event was this portland event like you could probably get like smaller events that we've we've put together or whatever but we don't typically we don't host events we'll we'll go to an event but we typically don't host events antifa holds a shit ton of protests all over the country why don't they why don't they grow a ball right why don't they go protest like the real issue like don't go protest ice why don't you go protest the fucking nsa why don't you go protest the treasury why don't you go protest like the, the fed office the, the fed yeah, good luck with the that DOJ. right you know why don't you go protest those things you know because they don't have any balls you know their overlords are telling them what to do and you're right i don't think that there's i think there's a stark difference in in some of our views no there is the so day, like the general the general view of everything is that we don't want ah, fuck i i I don't want to say this because i've heard some of them say that they want more government but a true anarchist right a true anarchist would want less government or no government government. they really want no government well well, it's not necessarily no government minimize government i mean we don't want no government we want to minimize it to like the bare minimum like our government was made yeah um, it's it's not it's not no government it's just no rulers it's it's like we you don't have a bi-legal system where the elites can get away with shit that you know us common can't you know that's that's all that's all the anarchy it just means no rulers yeah that's it so simple i just think that that's that's the difference i mean obviously we have like stark ideological differences that we could probably put to the side and be like all right listen let's just not talk about this it's kind of like your buddy you could talk to him about politics but you can't talk to him about religion 
and you're like, okay, you know what? We're not going to talk about religion. We'll talk about politics all you want. Let's not talk about that. And let's do something great. Yeah. You know, I just don't see that happening. We're very open. Like Samantha, perfect example. I've asked Samantha a million times and she's like, oh, we'll do it on record. I'm like, okay, just fucking call me and we'll, you can talk to me on record. Like I'd never say no to nobody. I just did a fucking documentary for four days, Vice News, which is probably like one of the outlets that hates us the most. Did I did four days with them? I never say no to nobody. Oh, just recently? But yeah, I've God, seen it. Yeah, she she won't call. She'll fucking send me a message and she'll be like, oh yeah, no, I got to fucking study or something. I don't know. <laughs> so I guess oh, so I, it sounds like, a, like I'm not a, I'm not I'm not I'm not like some type of fucking monster that's gonna fucking chew her out. Sounds like oh, a, oh, Samantha needs that. to. I, I know. She knows that. Sounds like Miss Samantha um, needs to shit or get off the pot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, come on. If you're gonna fucking, if you're gonna figure it out, let's 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 do this. Yeah, figure it but, out. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It just, you know, some people don't have the capability of wanting to change their views, and even if you're not trying to change somebody's views, at least expose them to something that they may not understand. And it seems to me that this woman is kind of either on the fence or just is dead set in her ways of not actually doing some actual research. You know, it, no matter what group you're a part of, you're always going to have a very few, small amount of bad apples. It does not matter who it is. And it just takes one to set it off, and then all of a sudden, you next thing you know it, the whole group is just deemed a racist, homophobic, and all this other shit. So that's concerning for me. I mean, it really is. It's why, why are people like this? Why are people so quick to jump on that, you know, one bad apple and then all of a sudden want to demonize the entire organization because of certain things that they're not? I mean, you can't control ideally everybody that comes into the Proud Boys. That's, you know, I mean, we try, but I mean, sometimes people do stupid shit. Let's be honest here. You know what I'm saying? You got, you got bad apples. Like, yeah. like, the president of Nashville, you know, he's a horrible apple. He's, uh, <laughs> I, know you're I wish about. I could just call him by name and just roast him on. Here. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 he loves to troll you. I know that much. I know, I know he does. I love him. I love him. I'll, I'll see him. Uh, I'll see him soon. Good deal. Yeah. Like, obviously like our guys aren't perfect, right? Our guys aren't perfect. And that should actually tell you something, right? Cause we are, no matter what anybody says, we are the best representation of the American male constituent, right? right? Yeah. We're the best representation of it. We don't talk like a politician. Mm. We're not some fucking degenerate hooligans. We're just regular dudes regular fucking everyday dudes and there was one i didn't finish i didn't finish telling you we talked about drink fight but we didn't talk about fuck which i think is the most my favorite subject i think it's the most we're having uncomfortable conversations without a condom here you guys are watching the unframe of mind show where we're having uncomfortable conversations without a condom it's our favorite subject we like to fuck we like to drink we like to fight so Dams. Follow us on all social media platforms at Unframe of Mind. If you're watching this and you're not subscribing, dude, I am. I'm, I'm gonna find you. I hope they find us first. That's yeah. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's, let's talk about the third one there. So the third one is fuck, and I think it's the most important. It's the most important group of proud boys, right? Not to say that like some people will switch over, some people will be the drinking guys, and they're like, oh, I want to go to a fucking rally. 
the rally guys, like the the fight guys that go to like rallies, are actually the drinking guys that travel, right? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's we, like your travel bus know. of bowlers. <laughs> but basically, what we did was we went to the bar. We drained three bars. We drained three bars of beer. What? Right? So what we would do is we go, we drink, then we go to where the protesters were, and then we got tired of the protesters because it gets boring after like five minutes. We went back. We drank more beer, and we're like, hey, you know what's a good idea? We should go back to the protest line. We went back to the protest line, then we went back to drink, to drinking. So the rally guys, not really the fight guys, but the rally guys are really drinking guys that travel. Yeah, but the, yeah. the fuck aspect is the most important aspect of Proud Boys because it represents the future. So the future is creating a family, right? Being like a dad, being a husband, raising your kids, right? And just promoting, not not just promoting it, like living the future of the West and raising the future of the West is part of that fuck. So the reason why it's called fuck is obviously you got to fuck to make kids. So wait, whoa, dads, whoa, whoa, hold on, stop, stop the truck, stop is that the truck. How that works? Wait, no, actually, no. I'm sorry, it's 2019. You don't have to do that. Listen, listen, <laughs> I got I got four kids, and I cannot figure out for the life of me why that is. I thought fucking was the way to make them. Turns out that's not true. You know what really causes kids? What? Holding hands in public. I'm not even. I'm not shitting with you. What? Yeah. If you if you if you hold your hands in public with don't lose our audience, please. Listen. No. No. Listen. (laughs) I haven't held my wife's hand in public for 12 years now. My youngest is 12. That's not a coincidence. Okay. Oh, I get what you're saying now. I'm just letting you know. It's not. Not. No. It's not fucking. That's not. That's fun. We do that too. That's what starts it off. They're like, oh, he wants to have another kid. Yeah, it has nothing to do with her getting her tubes tied about the same time. But (laughs) okay, all right, I got that. (laughs) All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So that's I think I I think that's like the most important aspects. And like some of our guys, and you guys know this, some of our guys are like, oh, why are you going? Don't go to that fucking rally, dude. That's stupid. I think all all aspects of Proud Boys are important, right? Right. Um, all aspects of promoting Western culture, living Western culture, and, and defining what the future of it is, is important. As we evolve and as we become, and I think we've done, this group of elders has done great as a media team that promotes like our views. And I think they've done an excellent job in these past 10 months of kind of turning around that narrative. I think we saw that after this last Portland event. I think we're starting to see that shift for the group, and I, and I, and I think it's a good thing. But speaking on the future, and I kind of want to ask you this, is where do you see the Proud Boys in the next five years? Like, what direction would you like to see it go? So, like, we're in, like, this era of stardom, right, where anything that we do puts us on a hate map. Right. Anything that we do puts us up in the media, like, we just have to walk funny or show up somewhere, and the media goes ahead. But that doesn't last forever, right? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And I'm, I'm waiting for the day that we go ahead and we stop having all this media coverage of anything that we do. And that will happen. And that would actually make me super happy. You don't see, like, the Masons or, like, the Shriners or any, any of those groups, like, in the media as, as much as we are, like, in present day. So I think the future of the Proud Boys is going to be like a men's drinking or organization, a fraternal organization with growing membership, less media, and like more influence. 
we have a f- couple of Proud Boys that are going to be running for office in 2020 and a couple of them that are going to be running for office in 2024. And I think the, the future of the Proud Boys is just going to be like a men's drinking club that's political. Well, with that being said, where do you where do you see this between the Proud Boys and Antifa right now? Do you think after this past Portland event, what are your thoughts on the direction of Portland at this time? Obviously, with Wheeler in office, it's probably not going to get any better. Those are two different questions, but to answer the first one is Antifa's always been around, not by that name necessarily. Right. A lot of leadership, people that people look up to in Antifa uh, were ex-occupiers, right? So they always change the name. Once once they tarnish the brand, they got to get a new name for it. And this is throughout history. Like communists are always going to have like this uprising fucking we're revolutionaries and it never fucking works. So it's awesome. But they always do that. So Antifa will fade into black in the next couple of years where they're not even a thing anymore. And they'll probably change their name. They'll probably be like a new fucking organization of whatever soy boy foot soldiers, whatever they want to call themselves. But the situation now to answer a second question, the situation in Portland. So I was very clear when I said that we'd be back in Portland if Ted Wheeler didn't do anything about the issues that he has in his city. He was so worried. He made this giant hype of these alt-right violent fascists that are showing up to the city to cause harm that he ended up raising that bill to just host us to $2 million. It really wasn't us that raised that amount of money, raised that that loss for the city. It was him with that giant hype projecting that there's going to be like this giant contingent of this hate group that's going to show up. And all we did is show up there and pray is really what we did. I had to go search for images of that. I had to go search for video of that specifically. Like that was not portrayed. It was all about the, the, the violent skirmishes and whatnot. Like very, very little coverage of what actually happened there in terms of the main event. It's, it's just wild, man. I, I mean, it's not surprising, but it's wild, you know? Yeah. Portland PD did an excellent job. I feel like they didn't get enough arrests. I feel like they, were, they made 13 arrests in this whole thing most important thing, the reason why we're like, okay, maybe we'll go back or maybe we won't go back is the response from Ted Wheeler. Because at the end of the day, we had to shift focus from Antifa. We knew what Antifa was going to do regardless. It wasn't even a variable in our plans. We're like, okay, they're going to fucking burn down the city. But I was a little bit surprised by Ted Wheeler's response to it. But I was even more surprised after the events of the day, Ted Wheeler said that it was a, a rather peaceful event. Just like the CNN thing. I don't know if you guys really saw like, the whole CNN thing. Oh, I did. After I go, so was there arrest? She's like, oh, no, there's there wasn't violence on either side. And then like on the screen next to her, they're fucking showing this giant brawl that's going on like live <laughs> from the helicopter view. So he said it was a peaceful event mm-hmm. and he refused to call out Antifa. So the future of Portland is in Ted Wheeler's hands. He's the only one that holds the, the keys to power. I think we're going to have to force his hand and continue to go over there and continue to host events over there because the CNN lady asked me three times. I answered the same all three times. She asked me, why are you here? Well, they're kind of right. It's a far left stronghold, right? It's, right. It's, it's like their flag. Portland is Antifa's flag in the United States. So all we have to do is show up and expose them. It cost me, we did the, we did the math. So Ted Wheeler spent $2 million, but I did the math on my own. Mm-hmm. So we got 13 Antifa members arrested. It cost me about an average of about $1,000 to travel to Portland. That trip cost me about $1,000. I mean, it's not a great turnaround, but in the business world, that's about like $84 an Antifa. 
for me. It cost me $84. <laughs> $84 so, per Antifa. <laughs> That's crazy. So I started the math. I'm like, okay, well, it cost me $84. If I could go every month, you know, we could arrest like 150-something Antifa a year, which isn't a lot, but, you know, it's something. So I think I'll take the $84 on uh, Antifa, and I'll just continue to go to Portland. You know what? Maybe maybe I I moved to Portland for a couple months and just <laughs> get you an Airbnb. Just put an Airbnb. They're pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, and just show up until he does something, or at least he call. All I need, all I we want him to do. It's not like I'm doing it to force him to do anything. I'm doing it because I believe in it. But he doesn't even call them by name. They, he called Joe Biggs and myself by name for hosting the event. He can't say the word Antifa. Okay. Well, fuck you. We're going back, Ted Wheeler. Expect us. All right. So I I'm, think his message to Portland was was pretty clear. That's good to know. Yeah, th there's a, a debate going on in the comment section on YouTube. If anybody's interested, head on over there and check it out. Be sure to hit the like button on that if y'all don't mind. Helps us. Uh, help, help, helps YouTube decide whether or not to shut down our channel or not. That's that's why the like button's there. So uh, anyway, th there's somebody in the arguments talking about s somebody calling out Samantha, saying that she's she's like working for the elites and she's getting paid and she's a shill. This is this is the other side of the debate too. It's like I commented to him. I said, "Listen, you know, what's your proof? I mean, maybe she just has an ideological ideological bent here and wants to spread this information on her own. I mean, you, you know, unless you got some kind of proof that she's being paid. Well, everybody's got an agenda. It's like, you got to remember you, you, that you can't sit there and keep you know because that doesn't help anybody. You know, sit there and keep spreading that shit. And then when I called him out, I got called gay. It's like, wow, that's that's the level of discourse that's going on on both sides. I mean, it takes all kinds of people. So you know, I, I just encourage people to really take the time and stop and, and just think about what you're saying for 10 seconds and and understand you know is is what you're saying are you only saying it because you think it might be true or are you saying it because you have the proof you can you can show the links you know you have the you know you have the smoking gun to prove it or are you just spouting some bullshit that you heard it, on the it's internet it's easier to spout the bullshit not do the the uh the research and to toss around words like racist and you know nazi and whatever else you know white supremacist and so forth it's it's lazy she knows. I asked. I asked Samantha this question yesterday. I asked her, "Do you think we're fascist?" She didn't answer, but she was probably busy. I asked her, "Do you think we're fascists?" And do you think like we're white nationalists, right? And I think she knows the answers to those. She she knows that we're not fascists. So what is it about us? Because she, regardless of her calling herself a, a researcher or a journalist, whatever it is that she calls herself. She does, uh, and I see it. It's a, it's, it's clear as day. She has some anger towards us. She has a bias, you know, or else she'd make a hate map for Antifa. What is it that angers her? The bias, the bias is one thing, and it's, and that's that part's obvious and clear, and, and that's okay. I understand everybody has a bias. That's fine. Right. But for this other person to say that he's actually being paid by the elites to do this, like that's a, that's a another step. That's another layer that you don't know. I mean. And if and when I challenge you to show me the proof, where's the proof? Like, dude, you know, shut shut the hell up. Stop bringing up this dumb shit that you don't have any idea. Maybe listen, listen. <laughs> <laughs> One thing about Proud Boys is little ninety pound like fucking dudes in like a black mask aren't very appealing to women, right? <laughs> At all. At all. It's always like dudes like us that are more appealing to women. Right. They call us. Uh, I, I never understand. Like they call us. They, you could call us fascist or racist or whatever, you know, 
But like calling us incels is probably like the the worst thing that you can call us. It offends me deeply. You know, uh, you look offended. I, I fuck His like feelings are hurt. <laughs> you know, I fuck like an animal and I fuck often. Um, Wait, I did not receive any particular invites, so I need to verify that information for myself. Uh, I'll uh, send you a message. <laughs> uh, so I think I think Samantha, and this is me being serious. Samantha, please don't get offended by this. I think Samantha dislikes us because we appeal to her. Oh, maybe, maybe, oh. maybe sexually, maybe like we arouse her a little bit. I'm being dead serious. Like I'm not, I'm not saying this because I've seen this happen multiple times, and I've seen this happen with other journalists. <laughs> not gonna mention any names. <laughs> so hated, completely hated us, and then now kind of like have changed the subject. They kind of changed their focus into wait. something. I honestly think that she finds us extremely appealing. And wait a minute, it, it's I... like the girl, like the girl in school. It's like, oh, she hits you. You know, <laughs> so uh, is it kind of like it's like flirting? You know, just... no, no. Is it is it kind of like those hu- those, those big anti flirty? But she's being flirty. Yeah, yeah. You got those big anti-gay evangelists that are like, you know, if you're gay, you're going to hell. Homosexuality is a sin. Oh, oh by the way, <laughs> years later, you find out they're gay as all get out. Uh... <laughs> yeah, and it has nothing to do with like her research. I don't want to disrespect her research. You know, everybody's research is their research. I don't give a fuck. But it's not. It's, it's. I feel like there's like an anger and some tension that you can that needs to be cut with a with a knife, <laughs> <laughs> or a slap on the ass. Either one. So, so, so really, you really your your theory is that she just needs to get taken to Pound Town a couple times by a couple of Proud Boys, and she'd be cured. She'd be cured of her bias. I didn't say that. Sounds like a but great time. But she'll be time. in Nevada, just letting you know, Sam. Sounds I'll be like in Nevada next month. You know, I, I wonder I wonder if that goes the opposite. Month. I wonder if that goes the opposite way if maybe some Proud Boys went to Pound Town with some Antifa, if maybe y'all could get along a little better. But I've, I've, listen, I've seen it happen. Maybe that's maybe that's the event. Maybe that's the new event. It's like should have like what would you call it? You got to have beer, of course. Yeah. You you got to have you got to have you know uh, uncomfortable conversations thing. without a condom. Obviously, that's definitely got to be a thing. Yeah, we'll we'll think about what to call it. We'll make it an event, and the, and the whole goal <laughs> is to interbreed so that way we have these these uh, mixed ideological soldiers about twenty years from now. <laughs> oh, no, they won't be mixed. They'll fucking. They'll hate the left wing parent and like get raised by the right wing yeah, parent. Self, I self mean, hating. We're, we're we're fucking better parents. <laughs> Sorry. You, you, you know? did you did mention that uh, earlier. Um, you you said part of what you hope is to raise kids better, raise them correctly. Like I was curious because a lot of people have a different idea what that even means. In your estimation, if you were to have kids and hopefully hopefully tomorrow, uh, what what would that look like? What would your goals be? I guess. My goals, my personal goals, because I don't think I think there's there's not just one right way of raising children, but my ideal and this probably will change, you know, like I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be this kind of parent. And then here we go. If I'm going to have a son and he's like, yeah, fuck you. I'm not doing that. But I think my ideal way of raising kids would be how I was raised, dude. When I was eight years old, I was on my bike riding around the neighborhood, throwing rocks at windows. Uh, you know, wait, fuck, hold on. No, no. I won't raise them to break people's windows. Just like that street that put them in sports, things that they can get hurt doing. 
<laughs> I've learned I'm the person I am today, I think, because I've learned because I had that like rough upbringing. But when I tell you rough upbringing, that doesn't mean my parents, right? My right. parents were like fucking perfect. They were tough when they needed to be. They whooped my ass when I needed to get my ass whooped. And then they'd be supportive when they needed to be supportive, you know, but they've kind of always gave me my own path. Not similar to like 2019 where it's like, oh, you want to be trans at three years old. Not that kind of path. Mm -hmm. um, the path that's kind of like, okay, just let's put them in sports. I was fucking horrible at sports. I remember a, a baseball game. It was like my first baseball game after like training or whatever. And I guess I didn't understand the rules of the game. I was like seven years old or some shit, eight years old. And um, I fucking hit the ball. And I ran to first, and then shortstop picks up the ball and throws it to second base. And I'm running to second base, so he's, a, he's trying to tag me with the ball, and I run to the outfield. You know, thinking he had to tag me with the ball. <laughs> so that's how bad I was. That was the last time I ever played baseball for a league. But they, they were very independent with me in the fact that they, they just kind of like let me flow and let me do what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, did that bring problems later? Yeah, but because of the way that I was brought up and because they supported me, that made me learn. So are your parents still living by chance? Yeah, of course. Okay. What is the, the relationship like with them now? They divorced in 91, very early, okay. when I was very young. But they've never been like those parents that like are separated. They've always lived close to each other, so I can bounce back and forth. No child support, none of that shit. Um, they both would take me to school on alternating days or when my dad could and my mom would. Like There was no scheduled, like, oh, you have him the weekend. And then in my adult life, so they would never really hang out, right? They just, they were separated. Right. So you're divorced. So in my adult life, I, I, I moved up to North Florida and I bought a farm. And I was like four or five hours away from Miami. So I took one of those trips down, right? Just, I didn't call anybody. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to fucking show up in Miami and surprise everybody. <laughs> So I show up to my dad's house, right? It's fucking, it was the weirdest thing I ever saw. So I show up to my dad's house and uh, it was like nine o'clock at night and I show up and my mom's car is outside my dad's house. I'm like, bro, what the fuck is this? What's going on here? So I fucking, the front door was open. I walk into the front door and I go to the back and like my dad and my stepdad at the time were, were at the barbecue, fucking grilling and shit. And my mom and my stepmom were just sitting, drinking wine, talking shit to each other. And I kind of like just burst through the back door. I'm like, what the fuck is going on, dude? Like, oh, yeah, we've been hanging out for fucking weeks. We have a barbecue at your dad's house every fucking Saturday. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, that's a thing? <laughs> Yeah, I guess, you know, and um, they get along perfectly fine right now through my adult life. And they've we, we plan trips, all of us plan trips together. Like we go to like this mud hole called the Redneck Yacht Club over here in Central Florida. And uh, we rent like a fucking giant RV and everybody stays together and barbecues. So like the relationship between my mom and dad actually like helped mold the person I am today because I saw like they were able to work through those differences because of me. 
So just kind of an example of how people can get along under a common goal. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think I think there's a, I think we need a lot more of that. Just people being able to, again, when you look at Antifa, you look at Proud Boys. It's like you got these groups. They're mostly, I think, in agreement with most things. Like if we can focus on those things, and something to build from, and, and and build from that. Like we can we can settle the, the little you know fringe shit later. That's not a big deal. You know, like we can handle that. One thing that I won't, I'll, I'll meet, you know, I'll meet with anybody. One thing I'll never compromise is just my, my values, period. Yeah, you, know, you don't have to, you don't have to, you could understand your differences, but one thing that I'll never do is compromise on like, and when I say my values, I mean like my political values, like I'm a very strict constitutionalist, right? Like I take that shit word for word, mm. you know, there's no such thing as hate speech. I believe all gun laws are unconstitutional. So, so um, you're you're kind of of the feeling that with gun laws, that even the current ones we have right now are unconstitutional. Meaning, if I wanted to own a tank, <laughs> I could, I should be able to. Yeah, yeah, that's blow some it, shit it up, sucks, man. Sucks, it, like, like the, it sounds terrible. The point, the point is, like, I don't want you to have a tank, right? But I know that if I don't allow you to have a tank, then that's gonna snowball into okay so he can't own a tank what else can he own right. he can't own yeah. a fully automatic weapon yeah because yeah. because that's how that's how a lot of times recently that they've been trying to push new second amendment stuff is like hey look here you've already decided that this is bad you can't have that we've already decided people can't own this thing and that thing you know what's one more thing what's you know it's just a bump stock you know, it's it's just you know, it's just an, an an AR. Like, what are you worried about? You don't need that. And then you just it's a slippery slope all the way down to We've know. been programmed, even us even us sitting here today, like we've been programmed way differently than like our forefathers, right? Yeah. They had this vision of this country, right? I don't think they envisioned I live in a big city and I can go outside right now and just put my hands up and, and show you exactly what I mean. But they didn't envision this, right? They didn't envision this, these, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking tell you how, how nice this room is. Cause I built it myself. Um, they didn't envision like this beautiful utopia, like this, where we've created this superpower, this world superpower. They didn't want to create a world superpower. They didn't want to create what we see today as, as today's United States of America, right? They simply wanted a country where you have your plot of land, I have mine, I don't fuck with you, you don't fuck with me. You cross into my property and you threaten me, I'll kill you dead. It's kind of like anarchy, right? But... Well, not in the in, in the sense that yeah, we common, have common that law stop from doing that. Yeah, you're um, talking about com just, common law. They, yeah, they they envisioned liberty. They didn't envision a superpower. Yeah. So we we today as Americans we see it and you're like, hey, you know, felons can't own weapons, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm a felon. I can't own weapons, but I'm a white collar felon. Like it wasn't violent. It wasn't. Anything it was, I didn't, I ran a business without like a certain license and had nothing they, to do with the, firearms, had, right. had nothing Violence. to do with firearms or anything or drugs for that matter, even yeah. though the drug war is bullshit too. Right. Um, I, I agree hundred percent. I think that's, something, I, I think that's something Anthony and I disagree slightly on, but for the most part, yeah. you know, I can't, I can't own weapons because I didn't have the proper license for my business. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. And look, I'll, I'll tell you where I, I don't agree with the old Republican guard. Liberals in the state of Florida granted me my rights back to vote. 
Hmm. Okay. Now, I'm pushing the, per- the person That's who nice wrote that, the person who wrote that and promoted it, I'm pushing him. I'm like, all right, now do the second. He doesn't want to do it. Why doesn't he want to do it? it I'm, I'm thankful he did it. But why doesn't he want to do the Second Amendment? Is because he's he's partisan. He's partial to it. Because I supported what's called Amendment Four to get my voters' rights back. If you were on the side of liberty, you'd do the same thing with the Second Amendment. It's nonviolent felons get their rights restored to to vote, right? Right. Yep. Nonviolent felons should get their rights restored to own a weapon. And I'd take it a fucking step further. I'd be extremely picky about what I consider violent. These red flag laws is a perfect example. These red flag laws that were being proposed, perfect example. When do we stop? And who gets to determine what who gets counts? to determine it? Is it yeah. the same fucking people that banned me off social media? Are those the people that are going to tell me that, oh, I can't own a, own a weapon anyways. But are those the same fucking people that are going to tell you guys that you can't own a weapon? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, well, of course. The human error, the human error and the human bias has to be taken out of our laws. We know that humans are going to get greedy. We know humans are going to get fucking stupid with things. We know humans have a bias. Take that out of the equation. Take that out of the equation completely. Wow, was that not the best ideagasm you've ever had? Want to do it again? Go to unframeofmind.com to find more mind-stretching, world-altering podcasts, videos, and articles, and get those critical thinking juices flowing.